Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel Extra, a second instalment for the week. As we preview the Edinburgh Derby, but we'll probably have to talk a little bit about the game that just took place, given <sighs> what transpired at Tynecastle, and that's all in a good way. I am Laurie Dunsire, delighted to be joined once again by <laughs> Mark Donaldson. You're only delighted when we win comfortably. Is that is that how it works? Uh, what uh, what happened last? What on earth happened last night? Seriously, that is the weirdest first half I think I have ever. I'm sitting at half time going, you know what? If that was tied, it might. And then you're thinking, hold on, you're 4 0 up. It was just, it was the weirdest thing. It was absolutely joyous. It really was. And it, it could have been, by the way, it could have been more. It could have been. Uh, ironically, I mean, I think we spoke about it last night. In many ways, hearts were better in the second half, and the only one that won 1 0 um, that half. <laughs> On the first half, 4-0. But we will talk a little bit about the Aberdeen game. This is our extra episode, which is mainly focusing on the Big Edinburgh Derby on Sunday. We wanted to do a very quick episode just to preview that because we didn't get the opportunity our episode earlier in the week. And of course, it's a massive game. But given the fact that Hearts thumped Aberdeen 5-0, we are going to have to talk about that a little bit more than we planned. And um, We will be joined very shortly by someone from the dark side. Someone... From Elvira, the other side, of mistress the of the dark, is, is she going to yeah, join us? Yeah, uh, worse. Um, Gavin Whoa. Pearson of Radio Clyde and Fourth One and former Hibs announcer and High B himself will be coming on to give us the opposition angle ahead of this derby, something a bit different for us ahead of an Edinburgh derby. So it'll be quite interesting to get his thoughts and feelings how things are shaping up from a Hibs perspective ahead of the Scottish Cup game. Um, so that'll be interesting. So you know, don't hang up yet. We'll see how it goes, guys. Um, and yeah, let's see how this episode transpires. Hill launches into the box. Cut across the area and it's gone in! Josh Ginelli celebrates! The long throw flicked on by Kai Rolls, I think. And it wasn't the tidiest of goals, it just seemed to ricochet off Josh Ginelli, possibly an Aberdeen player. There was a ruck of bodies in there, we'll need a replay just to confirm, but certainly for now, Hearts celebrate. Back to Sibic. the Hearts fans get a bit frustrated with the backward passes for Hearts, as Sibic eventually goes long, it's a good run by Smith, and Sibic's found him. Beautiful pass, beautiful run, Smith left his shot, what a goal from Hearts! It's 2-0 from absolutely nothing! 
a wonderful ball by Toby Simic. Michael Smith, of all people, ran in behind the Aberdeen defence, took it down well, and picked out the left corner of the box. Hearts have basically had two forties into the Aberdeen box, and they've scored both. But we don't care up here. It's Michael Smith on the score sheet. It's his second of the season, and it's Hearts 2, Aberdeen 0. Shankland steps up. Lower to the bottom left corner. And Shankland makes it 19 for the season against his former club. And it's Hart to Midlothian 3, Aberdeen 0. Plays it to the right. One thing with Snodgrass, if he can't see a pass on, he'll just hold on to it. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes doesn't yep. work out, but yep. credit to him. As Shankland plays the box. Ginelli, right foot 4 0. Unbelievable. Oh, it's incredible. Shankland supplies Ginelli inside the six yard box, and he just scoops it past Joe Lewis. And a stunned Aberdeen team can't believe it. Almost a stunned home support here. Josh Ginelli, it's a lovely finish, a really well worked move in the end from left to right. Shanklin across the area, and it's goal number four of the season for Ginelli. And still in the first half here, Hartem and Lothian four, Aberdeen nil. See that again to me. <laughs> As Cammy Devlin bursts forward, good play by Devlin. Left shot deflected, 5 now. He deserves that. Cammy Devlin's worked so hard, he gets a little break, but his left foot shot spins away from Joe Lewis. And it's first of the campaign, just his second in a Hearts jersey. And he celebrates like he's in the stands with the rest of the fans. And in fact, I think he might have ended up in the stands with the rest of the fans. Hearts of Midlothian 5, Aberdeen 0. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So before we get to the big derby on Sunday, let's talk about the game that took place last night at the time of recording, Wednesday night game at Tynecastle. Hearts taking on Aberdeen. Aberdeen, who lost to Rangers in the League Cup semi-final, but put up pretty decent fight in that one and if it hadn't been for a red card late in normal time from for Anthony Stewart you never know what might happen in that so you know, we, we thought we were in for a tough one here Mark against a side who have been underperforming this season but they beat us early mm-hmm. in the campaign and we thought they'd be a, a stuffy side to play against Hearts made two changes um, sorry one change I should say from the side that defeated St Mirren Andy Halliday dropped out and in came Cammy Devlin. So Clark and goals. Hill Civic rolls back three. Smith right, Cochrane left. Devlin Stoggrass in the middle. And that Janelli Shankland Mackay trio in attack. Stephen Kingsley back on the bench for Hearts, which was positive to see. And Aberdeen not missing just Anthony Stewart, but also uh, Kelly Rose, the Dutch goalkeeper, was late call off. So in came Joe Lewis for his first game of the season. First game since last May. And. I bet he wish he stayed at home and didn't have to play his first game of the season. I was actually thinking about him before we opened the scoring, whether it was Ginelli, whether it was Shinny's own goal, it was a messy goal from a long throw, which I was delighted about. But the reason I was thinking about him was just, is he in goals? We haven't even seen him yet. I don't even think he had a back pass in the first 10 minutes or so. Because in the podcast on Tuesday, we were hoping for a, a quick start against a side that was likely to be tired. We got the opposite. And Aberdeen took the game to us and Joe Lewis had absolutely nothing to do for the first quarter of an hour. It certainly was the case, but then that long throw from James Hill, who I don't think took a long throw in his 
first game. He did. That's what, but did when he? you when you said that, yeah, you're like, well, this is our first chance to not an attacking one, did he? Yeah, he did. He did oh, one in the no, second no. half. Okay. Um, look, I mean, you had enough to to comment on, um, but you didn't make reference to it at the time. Uh, in the second half, yeah, it was it was on the I don't know where your commentary position was. It was opposite the main stand that he took a long throw, um, and and he got it into the box and and launched it, and uh, okay. it's clearly a weapon. And he came he came with that. We we knew that was a weapon in his armory because he spoke about that when he was interviewed on Hearts TV. Oh well, that's shocking. I worked for Hearts TV and I didn't I didn't catch that one. So there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, a little bit of fortune about that goal it deflects off Shinny, and it's unclear certainly from the replay we saw at the time whether Ginelli got a touch on it and it's currently down as a shinny on goal but we'll see what the final verdict is on that but it gave Hearts a lead and at that point hadn't really got going and they still didn't get going as such and then no. 28th minute oh second 40 into the Aberdeen box um, but it's a wonderful goal uh, mm. Toby Sibick picks out a beautiful pass for the whole length of the pitch almost to pick out Michael Smith who takes it down Curls in a wonderful shot on his weaker left foot. Um, a thing of beauty and mm. really summed up Michael Smith's performance. And, he, oh. you know, he's been much maligned at times this season as a potential weak spot in the team. Uh, you know, at times looks like he's maybe on his last legs, but boy, oh boy, did he prove a few people wrong last night. Including us. We both had alternatives that we were looking at, didn't we? Yeah, we trying did. to predict the, the, the lineup. He was absolutely brilliant. And you think, oh, we. I think the reason that we kind of thought we were looking for alternatives was so he gets a rest prior to the Hibs game because we know his importance to the team and we both kind of thought, well, if he if he doesn't start, then he'll be he'll be ultra fresh for for the game against Hibs. But my goodness, he looked like he'd had a couple of weeks rest and he was he was brilliant. But it came about after a period of of play whereby it's not good for the the old blood pressure, um, it's not good for the heart rate, but that's the style we're going to. We're gonna we play now, and what we're gonna play, we we try and play it out from the back. And there were more than a few instances at the beginning, prior to never mind the second goal going in, but the first goal that we got away with it. Uh, some sloppy passes, not just from the defence, from Snodgrass and and from a few others. But I think it's it's a it's like a long game this, um, both physically and metaphorically, because the long pass ultimately was what got us the second goal. But the reason I say it's like it's like a long game is because it, it's trying to draw them towards you with the, the, the short passes at the back yeah. and and to, to then create the space for the ball over the top or the ball in behind or, or the diagonal. And I, I think this is interesting because on another day, a, well, not on another day, a better team ultimately than Aberdeen would have punished us either with a shot on goal or with whatever, but they, they didn't. So we are fortunate in a way that a lot of the teams in the league aren't as as good as teams that would punish you for for every error and, and every mistake. But I, I, I like I like the way we play. We keep yeah. the ball on the deck. We we try and get everyone involved. And you pointed out something in commentary early doors, and you were speaking about the players just getting used to having a a right footed goalkeeper instead of a left footed goalkeeper who they've had for for so long. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I just I like the way we're playing. It's 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 going to cost us goals at times by doing what we do. But Robbie's method of of doing this is that it might cost us from time to time if we're a wee bit sloppy. But by pushing more bodies forward and playing the way we do, he's backing his players to get more chances as a result 
of the chances that they might give up. And I'm for, I'm all for that. Yeah, I think, I mean, we got our customary penalty, obviously, which Shanklin duly dispatched to make it 3-0. But the fourth goal, I think, is a good one, just to, to touch on that, uh, in the first minute of added time at the end of the, the opening period. So mm. Robert Snodgrass is a player, and I mentioned this during commentary, you know, if he doesn't see a pass on that he wants to pick out, he'll hold on to the ball and he'll hold off a player and he'll maybe go back the way. He will lose it sometimes, but he doesn't want to just play the ball for the sake of playing the ball forward. And this fourth goal is a is a prime example. So he he doesn't see a pass on. He's you know deep in the heart's half. Doesn't see a pass on. He has two Aberdeen players around him, so he kind of swivels on it, gets his body in the way to keep the ball, and just rolls it back to Toby Civic. He then gives it to Rolls. So those two Aberdeen players then press the heart's defence. Rolls gives it back to Snodgrass, and in this three or four seconds. Snodgrass picks the ball up in the exact same position, but he's now got heaps of space because mm-hmm. he drew those two players on, played it back the way they gave it to him. He then picks up the ball and quickly plays it out to the right to Michael Smith. Michael Smith plays it down the line. Shanklin drops out wide. Shanklin, one touch into the box. Ginelli, one touch goal. There's five touches between four players from the point of Snodgrass releasing the ball from Hearts having it midway inside their own half to Ginelli touching it over the goalkeeper and in. And it's partly because, you know, Snodgrass is looking ahead. It's like, this players that I may, the pass isn't on. Play it back. Get it back again. And I think, uh, me as well, maybe giving them a slight disservice in the first half. We were sloppy at times. We weren't at our best. Aberdeen will rightly feel slightly aggrieved that they were 4-0 down. I mean, in the end, all four, go- four, go- four goals were fair. There were good finishes from us, so there was poor defending from them. But we're trying things, and we've got players who are clever intelligent they want to find the right pass they want to build that move and I thought that fourth goal summed it up because we played really well when we got into our groove it's just we were sloppy at certain times when mm. we didn't come off um, and second half obviously Cammy Devlin who really deserved the goal I thought got a bit of luck with the deflection to take it past Joel Lewis could have been six late on um, George Grant denied by McCrory that would have been Hart's biggest win in history against Aberdeen as it is we have to settle for joint biggest win a five-goal victory. The last one being December 2010, also at Tynecastle, also 5-0. And the big thing here, Mark, I think, is after 22 games now, Hearts sit seven points clear in third, albeit Livingston do have a game in hand because of their call-off. After 22 games last season, Hearts sat seven points clear in third with just one more point than what they've got now. Mm. I don't think we could have foreseen this um, a couple of months ago. No one. No one could have. Hearts were four points behind Aberdeen going into the break, and they were trailing on goal difference quite substantially. They're now nine points clear of the Dons, seven points clear of Livingston, and 13 goals better off than, than Aberdeen. But I mean, it's an incredible turnaround. As good as our results have been, theirs have been dreadful. So it, it's been phenomenal. Now, obviously, Livingston's game in hands against Dundee United. That could go any way. Um, they could narrow the gap. To us, I don't know when it's going to be replayed. I don't think it's been rescheduled yet. It could narrow the gap to four points. And they've got to play us next at Amon Vale or Dundee United could get a win. These teams, anybody can beat anybody else on any given day. Just a couple of points about some of the things that, that, that you raised. Um, I got a message when we were 2-0 up saying there are people here that make it sound like we're 2-0 down. They weren't happy that, that <laughs> the way we were playing or, or whatever and you're always going to get that. Leopard ain't going to change its spots. And I think on the whole, the majority of the crowd were very, very good. Um, there was that frustration um, that we hadn't played the way we wanted to play, but it's it's a score line. It's a, it's a score uh, industry. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a goals 
count, not how much of the ball you've got, not how pretty you are. But speaking of that, I was struggling to recall back-to-back games for Hearts that both feature sexy goals, just really, really good goals. I thought the goal that we scored at the weekend or Friday night against St Mirren was a super goal. And I thought that fourth, I mean, the second goal was really good. We had two really sexy goals, two really good goals in in this one, the Michael Smith one. But I want to talk just briefly about the Josh Janelli goal. You've mentioned it, Snodgrass involved and Shankland involved. You can teach some things in football. You can't teach instinct. And watching that again, I love that run by Janelli. He faints to kind of go near post, uh, sorry, and then he goes far post, and then he comes and goes near post and gets in front of the defender who I think might have been Ross McCrory. And it's it's all right making the run, but you've still got to score the goal. But he did that. It's a nonchalant flick, and he's really developed into a, a consistent player because the ability, we've always known the abilities there, but it's mainly come from out wide. This is a different game that he's being asked to play now. And that is a finish that Shanklin would have been proud of. But it's also a run that Shanklin would have been proud of as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's a Shanklin run that Janelli made. Yeah. And he's coming into form at the right time with regards to uh, a new contract, if he's going to get one or what he's going to do, because the players that we signed, um, Oda and uh, and Kual, can both play in that position as well. So he's got the jersey right now, and, and you're not taking it off him, the, the way that he's playing. So, yeah, can you remember back-to-back games where we've scored really, really good goals in in both of them. Off the top of my head, no, I'd have to I'd have to look back. But uh, no, I agree with you. It's it some great football at times. Um, some lovely goals. And one final thing before we we move on to the derby. Interesting. So obviously Hearts started with a decent team and a very good result, five 0 against Aberdeen. Um, players that were on the bench for Hearts. I'm not going through everyone, but some of the players on the bench for Hearts: Kingsley, Grant. Atkinson, Forrest, Humphreys, Oda, players unavailable for Hearts for this game. Mm-hmm. Gordon, Halkett, Haring, Beningame, Boyce, Halliday, Kuol. That's between those players, you've got a second strong team there. And that's players who were not involved in the starting lineup for a 5 0 win against Aberdeen. You know what? Seven points clear of the next best team. Um, one of only three teams in the league with a positive goal difference, every single team below us with a negative goal difference, but that can be parked right now because our full focus has to be on Sunday at Easter Road. Mm-hmm, indeed. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Right, Laurie, I know this is a podcast about hearts, but Mm -hmm. I got to be a bit personal for just a second because in a few days' time, it will be exactly 25 years since I met my better half, my wife, and the person that kind of made that possible. I was going to say, you didn't meet me 25 years ago, so much more recently than that. Exactly. The person that was an integral part of making that possible joins us now. Not to talk about that, please, but to preview. The Scottish Cup tie. It's funny, your your missus still holds that against me. It does. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Gav? Gavin Pearson, um, former Hibernian stadium announcer, big uh, high B and not very confident high B ahead, of, ahead of, of Sunday. So a, a view from 
from the other side. Do you know what? We're chatting about this, how it's been 25 years and your involvement and everything like that. And she's like, yeah, that night, I uh, I was hoping that I'd end up with the guy that I fancied, a guy called Chris. I'm like, 25 <laughs> years later, and you're telling me this right? Anyway. Who was Chris? I don't know. I don't know. Mm, yeah, who, who is him? Chris? Mm, I'm interested. Will we get, will who we cares get about the derby? Years? Who is Chris? That's the big question. <laughs> I hope he was a heavy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, so that would have wound you up if, if, if Chris was a hippie. That's a bombshell. She yeah. waited twenty five years to tell me that. But anyway, Brief. you were responsible, so thank you again. Oh my, my we pleasure. Were, I think I think I might of, have been chatting her up and may have, have pushed her towards you. So that that was definitely <laughs> unintentional. So. Well, <laughs> Gavin's, we, Gavin's middle name's Chris. That's how he was known. <laughs> we at Radio Fourth were kind of responsible for you being married to. Your beloved, who's the yeah. wonderful Reporting Scotland host, Laura McKeever. So she is wonderful. She's also Beaver. in the next room. So um, hence the reason why we dropped down. Quick, and actually, quick. if you were to if you were to force her hand, she's a jambo. Oh, nice. But she's a her posh jambo. I like posh jambos. She's a um, yeah, a kind of um, part-time jambo through family. Quick quick story about this, Laurie. So she came in on work experience one day to Radio 4th, and we met down, um, what's that street that winds down towards the, the kind of roundabout at Waverley? Um, is it St. Stephen's Street or something from the Royal Mile? And it, we were in a coffee shop there. And she goes, why are you called Donkey? And I was explaining everything like that, that everyone in the newsroom's got animal names, and it, it kind of has to do with your, 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 your surname. And hers was McKeever. And she's like, oh, can I be a retriever? She's still known as Beaver to this day. <laughs> and she's there proud of that. Very I, proud of that. I think that was all your fault. Can we get on to talk about football? Yes. I, thought, I, thought, I didn't think you'd want to. Yeah. So you have, but... Right enough, to be honest. <laughs> Good point, Laurie. Um, yeah. This isn't rope up, Gav, is it? You're not. This isn't Hibs just being shite and then taking the cup tie against Hearts and running with it on well, Sunday, is it? Bloody hope so. <laughs> that would be quite you good. Um, no, I, I. it's just been difficult very very difficult to be a high beat and i have been a, a fan all my life and we've been through the thick and the thin we've been through the difficult times um this i'm, I'm gonna say this has been one of the most difficult times I, I, and Why? you know we, we, when we fought relegation for example when we've been in proper danger and we've maybe even ended up going down in a season like that i found it easier because it would at least it would it, it maybe be down to i don't know lack of of quality that was the issue but i don't know they just it just seems like this just, I can't really put my finger on it, but this feels like a very difficult period. One of the most difficult periods I've ever experienced to be a heavy. Why? Yes. A bit of a malaise, isn't it? Uh, I, it just it just feels like it's so unpredictable. There's, 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 there's problems, at the, moment, top, there's problems from the top down, though, isn't there? It's yeah, not well, like, the thing is, you know, Lee Johnson probably won't last, but I think the feeling seems to be that, yeah, he probably isn't the right man, but sacking him and getting a new manager isn't going to magically change things is it well when when you you look at how many managers have gone in such a short space of time you, you anyone even without any kind of like insider knowledge is going to make the, the assumption that there has to be something else going on and you have to look at trying to to make it better all round which uh, you know as a business they'll have done that they'll have been through it all and it won't just have been the you know when, when we've seen the likes of jack ross go and 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 the managers that have gone in the past in the recent times, they won't just have you know attached it to the manager like any other business. They would have looked at everything else that was going on, a three hundred and sixty analysis of how they improve everything. They'll have done that. I mean, I'm not a daft, but it just—I don't know what it is. It's just difficult for us to to kind of get out of this and feel confident again. And 
Um, I, I mean, we've been there before. How often do we go into a derby ahead of that weekend and um, the underdogs can somehow pull off a result? I just hope that's the case because it could be something that turns thing, things around. Or, I mean, for you know, thank goodness Kevin Nisbet is providing something for us to enjoy. And let's face it, last weekend it was Dundee United versus Kevin Nisbet. The way he, <laughs> con- he constructed those two goals kind of sums up the issue. That they were they were self created both those goals, um, yeah, spectacular, fantastic finishes, and credit to the guy for the way that he has returned. How many players have we seen through the years who have that long term injury could could have really really damaged them mentally and physically? He seems to be better than pre injury. He had a very tricky spell that the last season he was obviously you know I know he had a good first season with Hibs but second season before he got injured he was struggling quite a bit wasn't he in terms of finding the back of the net I remember he was getting quite a bit of stick um, at times and he's come back seven goals in six games he's certainly the the key marksman it's you know many people have said he's currently keeping Lee Johnson in a job it has led to this it's interesting in a way I find it tedious as well at times with the Shanklin versus Nisbet debate because you know if you're a Hearts fan there's no there's no question about it if you're a Hips fan there's no question about it um, Shanklin up to 19 goals for the season now four assists as well the interesting comparison is I don't watch all the Hips games I watched the Motherwell game recently I've seen clips they're, they're operating very different roles for their teams just now because Nisbet is the kind of the marksman he's the man to to grab the goals whereas Shanklin with the captain's armband has been shoved a bit deeper out wide and he's trying to take on a bit more of a leadership role especially with Liam Boyce out um, it's very interesting a few Hibs fans I remember had some interactions where they were saying I mean it's a big shout for them both being yeah. in Steve Clark's next squad well they well, should both uh, be in the squad yeah even both in the starting, starting 11 potentially why not seriously why not what's the alternative well Lyndon I- Dykes no I agree. I totally agree with you, Matt. I think they both are worthy of it. Um, Nisbet, they might be hesitant because it's it's only just a few. It's know, only six six games, six yeah. weeks. Only six weeks. But look at the score. I mean, it's not just the the quantity; it's the quality. Those two goals at the weekend are two of the best goals you'll see this season. I think, or you know, maybe from a Hibs player, but certainly for, uh, you know, two of the finest goals that you'll see this season in the in the league. I thought they were up until last night because they weren't a patch oh. on Michael Smith or Josh Janelli. But well, yeah, of course, okay, I'll give you. But an in, an interesting point was made on on um, obviously I work for fourth one I work for Clyde one I was listening to Super Scoreboard the program in the west of Scotland um, a Rangers fan phoned up that there's potential that Morelos is going out the door this Rangers fan said that he reckoned that Rangers should should go with to try and get both Shankland and Nisbet <laughs> he Pop couldn't up. decide between the two of them and he'd be delighted to see them both come into Ibrox that so that's already there's you know there's uh, that's kind of mirrored in the, the what you said there about the you know the suggestion that she'd both been the Scotland shot, uh, squad a hundred percent. They both I think would be worthy of it. Nisbet was was obviously involved in the Scotland setup before the injury and was was doing okay. He come on a couple of times, looked all right. I think he'd he'd kind of you know and earned another route into the squad. Um, but and I agree, Shanklin's just going to be a handful on Sunday. He's given me the fears. Kevin Nisbet started against Hearts in the three 0 and didn't have much service until Aidan McGeady came on, that's one thing. And two, I've been in this country 13 years in America, and it's nice to know that some things never change in Scotland. Rangers and Celtic fans just thinking they can, oh, we'll go to Hearts and we'll get Shankland or whatever. It doesn't work like that anymore. A, you've got to spend a hell of a lot of money, and I'm not sure Rangers have that. And B, there's better options than Rangers for someone like Kevin Nisbet or Lawrence Shankland. Well, uh, yeah, we could all say that, but we've seen it before. We've seen so many players 
head west in that situation. Some can make it work. Some end up just warming the bench for the rest of the season. The Celtic squad, for example. I mean, Celtic are apparently watching this bit. But they're, they're I mean, they're, they've got so many players. So that's a massive squad that... Um, Ange has got over there. So always used to be two million, didn't it? That was always the, the kind of fee. Neil McCann, two million or around that. Just take a player from Hearts or Hibs, couple of million, Celtic or Rangers. Surely they're worth a hell of a lot more than that now, are they not? Well, a jambo friend of you and I, uh, you and Cameron thinks that um Shanklin's worth eight million. He's worth he's worth what someone's willing to pay for him and how much left on his contract he has. What would That's you what say he's worth? worth? How long has he got left, Laurie? Uh, oh God! Uh, did he sign? I can't remember if he signed a three-year deal. Just, just a couple uh, of years, right? Oh yeah, because I mean, only we 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 paid a pretty tidy sum for him in the summer. Three-year contract it was a three-year contract, yeah, so he's I, I still think, got two and a half years. I think it's importance to the the team as well. And right now, you take nineteen goals out of that Hearts team. That Hearts team's not third. There might be someone else that steps up. Granted, but back in the day, if it was a two million, can I get him for two million? Neil McCann and. Dave McPherson was like seven fifty or something like. Shanklin's got to be worth five, right now. If we if we could if we're setting a number of, of for Kai Rolls at kind of five, then I wouldn't entertain anything less than than five for Shankland. Do you think there's a bit of snobbery with regards to the fact that he's had that path? He's had this kind of slow path. He's played in in the Championship, and maybe that people still think think of him as a Championship player. He's a goal scorer, isn't he? I know. I, I think I think there's a, a degree, and and I'm guilty of this as well. So I'd only ever seen really his, lots of his goal clips when he was at Air United because Hearts didn't play Air United in that time, and I wasn't watching their games when he played for Dundee United. Hearts from the Championship, so I, I saw some. I saw a few of the top flight games when they were on TV, but I didn't watch them regularly. They didn't play Hearts apart from I think there was the League Cup game that. They played against us. But on the whole, I didn't see much from regularly. Um, and that was my feeling was he's a goal scorer who we've not had a proven goal scoring record for him in terms of regular goals in the top flight. Obviously, they've got, they got the analysis from Dundee United when they said he played deep, he played out wide. Mickey Mellon's team created basically no chances. He was a midfielder for a lot of it. And since he's been in, his goals have been great. However, what I've been impressed with is his all-round play, his, his hold-up play. And a few Hibs fans had a go and said, you say he played centre midfield? I was like, no, no, not all the time. He generally starts as a 10 or a winger these days and sometimes moves inside. Robbie Nielsen has genuinely played him at points in games as a central midfielder. We've mm -hmm. moved to a four in midfield and he's just put Shankland in the middle and put two other players up top. So he's, his importance has been much uh, much greater than I thought it could be and his and his influence has been superb as well and we heard from um, um, Ryan McGowan when he was on when they played St Johnson he said he was very impressed with how much he was talking and leading the team he was directing people constantly he was the kind of orchestrator for the top half of the field for Hearts moving players here there and everywhere telling them where to run telling them where to come in so I think he's, he's certainly shown that he's got a lot more to his game than many people including myself were actually aware of Sunday, Whoa. two o'clock, fourth yeah. round. Hibs against Hearts, Scotch Cup. Um, Hearts unbeaten in eight against Hibs. Um, Hibs haven't won an Easter Road derby since March 2018. Uh, three in a row in the Scottish Cup for Hearts, albeit Hibs have won the last Scottish Cup meeting that was at Easter Road. That was a replay in February 2017. Remember, no replays this time. It will be extra time and penalties. There will be a winner 
on Sunday. Um, recent form, again, it's kind of in Hearts' favour, unbeaten in eight, winning four of last five, Hibs with just three wins in 13, albeit they have won, to, uh, they have been unbeaten in their last two, I should say. Um, uh, Gavin, how are, how, are you, how are you feeling that Hibs are going to approach this game um, in terms of, is it a case of try and batten down the hatches, try and just keep it tight, hold, hold in there and maybe pick off hearts on the break? Do they need to try and take the game to hearts? Or or how do you feel Lee Johnson's going to approach this? And how do you think the best way to approach it is from a Hibs perspective? I think they have to take the game to hearts. I don't think there's any question. And what they need is is a crowd that's going to make some noise at Easter Road. The biggest the, the, the biggest problem I have seen for Hibs in, in quite a number of seasons, last four or five seasons, is the, the way that clubs come to Easter Road and feel like they've got a chance. It's really, really quite frustrating. And, you know, you look at the Ross Counties, the Livingstons, the, you know, the St. Mirrens. They've had some pretty good results. St. Johnston recently as well. You know, just these clubs come to Easter Road and for some reason feel like they're going to get something out of it. Dundee United showed it last weekend. These are games that Hibs, if they really want to be a serious club, like, you know, the way that Hearts are targeting third place and Hibs want to be the third force, you need to win your home games. You need to take care of your home form. And it hasn't felt like we're capable of doing that. And we need... Fan, and it's great to see what I know I'm sort of talking about more off the field stuff, but this is vital for Hibs. We, we've had a, a fear factor with this, the ticket sales this week, it was a little bit of a discussion about that and whether we we're going to, to actually fill the people are apprehensive, they're lacking a bit of confidence, don't want to spend money if it's going to be a miserable afternoon. We kind of get that as a cost of living challenge. I've had a look at the ticket sales, it looks looking a lot more healthy now, which is good. So, um, you know, these stands looking like it's going to be pretty much full. There are a few single just seats, giving us three, just giving us three stands. Like, like <laughs> charge your boys 30 bucks or 30 well, that, quid <laughs> you know that's one thing that we have to emulate I mean Easter Road is a wonderful arena for football they've done some fantastic internal stuff with the building and, and the hospitality stuff as well it looks fantastic spent a lot of money on that in the last year or so the place looks great and when it's full for, unfortunately it's only full for games like this it is wonderful when it's full and can match the atmosphere that everybody talks about at Tyne Castle and so well, they need to be the 12th yeah. man for Hibs without any question. Mm. It needs to be a roaring atmosphere at the start and Hibs need to take it to Hearts without any question. The best form of defence in this situation is attack. You cannot let Hearts get a grip of the game. Saw it at Tyne Castle just a few weeks ago that Hearts were were pretty much on the, on the you know, they had control of the game in the early stages and the Hibs have got to put their foot down and, and find a way to be a threat from the word go. Gav, if that Mark. doesn't happen, how much patience do Hibs fans have with their own yeah. team? As long, unless you know, if we go a goal behind, they've got to be patient. If if, if it remains nil, well, nil, they've got to be patient. But it's hard; it's so difficult. And but it's so important that they try and remain positive because, and you know, it's they, we need it. We need all the support we can get. We need it definitely. Mark, from a Hearts perspective, I, I think that type of approach will be what Hearts are hoping for in this game. I think the last thing they'll be wanting is a Hibs team that sit in and try and be tight and frustrate Hearts and 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 try and make it a bit of a battle and uh, and prevent them from getting into attacking spaces. Uh, from a Hearts perspective, you know, we went to Easter Road early in the season and we started well that game, didn't one we? Up, um, many feel we were I guess sat in a little too early in that one. I know we've we talked about the before, the natural consequence of a match when the other team's chasing it and trying to get back into it. However, it did feel like we threw that one away a little bit and and it kind of Hibs grew into it and naturally it doesn't matter 
what a game's been like. If there's only one goal in it, when it gets to the later stages, the other team throws everything at it and they'll get a chance. And they did. And it was one of those that was kind of written in the, in the script, wasn't it? That Martin mm. Boyle would get the equaliser. Yeah. Do we need to go for the jugular in this one? Try and get those Hibs fans on the back of their team, get an early goal. And you you know, you know feel if Hearts can get toodle up in this one, the Easter Road will really turn and that could impact the confidence of those home players. Whereas if they, if, if they get a foothold in the game, that's where things might go the other way. I don't think you need two goals. I think one goal would, would make sure. That's why I asked Gav how much patience would there be among the Hibs fans. I think if the shoe was on the other foot. I mean, Hearts fans were impatient to tune a lot last night, some of them. And they were still not happy at what they were seeing. The bottom line is with, with this one, we hoped that Hearts would start well against Aberdeen. Hearts didn't. Hearts grew into the game. Hearts were clinical. They never gave first it, half and we were running 4-0. Exactly. They still find something to moan about. I thought we started well, if, if I remember rightly. Um, the game earlier this season at Easter Road, that game that you're talking about when Shanklin scored first and Boyle equalised late on. I think we controlled a lot of that first half. Again, my mind might be playing tricks on me, but um, that's what we kind of have to try and do. Uh, Gavin will know better than us about what their crowd is is like. Um their, their crowd is, is kind of frustrated right now, what they've seen. They're disillusioned. There's one thing that can get rid of that disillusionment immediately and give you effervescence, and that's a goal and a lead against Hearts. Hearts can't afford to do that. So whether it's a quick start or whether it's just possession, and that's what Hearts do these days, they try and keep possession. Hearts will try and invite Hibs on top of them with possession and then try and hit them on the counter. But... If Hibs can press us and get one or two mistakes, that maybe get their crowd back. It's a fascinating um, kind of battle and how it's how it's going to go. But it's easy to say we need to start quick. But I thought we needed to start quick against Aberdeen. We didn't. And look at the final score. So keep their fans out of this as far as positivity is concerned, but get them very much involved as far as negativity is concerned, if we can. Yeah, that, that's a fear factor for me. It, I, I think we've... They've got. They've got to think. They've got to think about what their role is at the game. Uh, uh, from the word go, it's difficult though. Once the game gets underway, once you start to see the patterns, once you, st- you start to see where it might be going, yeah, I, I, you could be on your feet. You, you just let it all go because that's yeah. how we, you know, we're all invested in it. We're all so invested in the in these games in particular that it's difficult to stay calm. It's difficult to think logically and how you can help. So Gav, we're of a similar age. We have seen a lot of these fixtures going into them, previewing them. And the team that's like, no, no. When you guys had won a cup, the Jobby Cup, I think it was, and then we went to <laughs> Easter Road and, and spoiled the party afterwards. There's so many games to look back on in this fixture where the team that seemingly has got absolutely no hope of doing anything ends up with a positive result getting out of it. That would be my fear this weekend, based on purely that. Nothing else, nothing about form. But to one of the worst things that could be is overconfidence. Um, I don't think the fans will be like that from a Hearts perspective. I certainly don't think the players will be like that. But there's just something about this game where... Hearts have got everything to lose and Hibs have got everything to gain. Uh, yeah, this, we're usually a little closer though, aren't we? And I, I just feel that there's a definite, definite... Hearts have a better record against the road than Hibs at the moment the Darby, there's so, for, I mean, for Hearts in comparison to Hibs. When, I mean, yeah, you, you, when you're talking about those situations of the underdog getting the victory, I do think that everything... Hearts are the underdog, by the way, in the bookies. I, I noticed that. Hibs, Hibs are favourites. What? <laughs> Where? On the moon, the what's going on? No, with the, bo- yeah. the bookies. I know, yeah. I noticed that. I, I, I thought 
Wow, that's incredible. I don't know where the cup tie fact just coming in on that. What, what, what would you say as sporting experts? What would you say on this one? Why is it, do you think, that the, the bookies favour him? It's a strange one. I, I I expected both sides to be similar hearts, maybe. Six to four, both, six both to odd, four. Both odds against hearts maybe marginally shorter, but yeah, neither I side. Surprised. Because, I was very surprised. I mean, Mark, look at the hearts team. So, I mean, you feel it'd be same again from the team that started against Aberdeen and and... Well, the fact that Robbie Nielsen is now suspended, the SFA have confirmed that today. He is suspended. He will not be able to be in the dugout. This is him back to us before. You know, I know he gets criticism from some Hearts angles, but we've missed him when he hasn't been in that dugout previously. Is that going to potentially have an impact? No idea. Bottom line, don't know. I, what, I, what I didn't know until I read um, the article in the evening news was that Nielsen was going to be suspended anyway prior to the, the red card against St Mirren or the two yellows against St Mirren because he'd accumulated um, sufficient yellow cards that 14 days after that, but like Porteous missing the derby against us in the league, but Robbie Nielsen was going to be suspended anyway for this game. They've just added another um, one to it because he was sent off recently against St Mirren and that'll be at Ammonvale against Livingston. As far as lineup is concerned, where do you change it? Why do you change it? What would you change? Same, same again. For me, cool onto the bench after illness. Hopefully, same again for me. Let them worry about us. Big Fair. thing having Porteous back in a derby, though. Where does he play, Gav? Is Joe uh, Newell I... suspended? Isn't he? Pardon? Joe Newell is suspended, Newell is isn't he? So would would Porteous play him in defensive midfield? midfield? Yeah, it's. I just ha- I just think it's it's key to have him involved. I couldn't call where to pay- play him right now. In all honesty, I just be what's delighted. Your, what's your defense him. like? Defence. Well, I, f- I feel for, you know, Rocky Bashiri is... He's, he's had shockers in the derby, hasn't he? He, he has, and, uh... and I, I, just, I, I want to see him rebuild and get back, you know, to what he's capable of doing, I'm sure. He's, he's obviously, a, Rocky by name, Rocky by nature. His, his career at Easter Road has, off the field and on the field, been kind of um, turbulent, um, you know, how how he how how he sorts out in his head? I don't know how he did sort out in his head when you know we didn't know whether he you remember the the situation with regards to his loan deal and such like back in the summer. Um, he, he's managed to turn that around. He's still able to you know. How would you feel, in the how would you feel if you were in that situation? Him. Sorry, Mark. With Rocky, the club kind of sending him back and then being told, yeah, yeah, we, we I, had I mean, what we, we've got a clause that we have to take him. Oh yeah. shit! That's that's hard. That must have been hard for him, and he has. Occasionally, he's, you know, he's looked pretty good. He's had these moments that, you know, not making himself with his own header. I mean, that yeah, is, he nearly, that, is, nearly, that yeah. takes a lot of skill. I don't know. I've not seen Messi do that before. Uh, <laughs> that was Messi <laughs> with a Y. I so, think for that reason, I think we we need Porteous for a bit of stability in the back four or you know, Hanlon, the back three. Hanlon and Cadden are both doubts as well, aren't they? They've got to be assessed because they missed the Dundee United game. So, um, do you expect Gavin to see? Um, a similar team to the Dundee United game? That's probably going to be the only option, I suppose. Um, we'll probably see Fish uh, starting again, yeah. Hopefully Fish it right back from our perspective. <laughs> well, maybe he's learned from that mistake. That's the one thing. You'd like to think that most players in this world, uh, most people in this world, in any professional field, would never make the same mistake twice. So, you know, um, that was a big learning thing for him, surely. That's the important thing. When players do make these mistakes in key games like that, they have to look at it and they have to say, right, okay, that's an experience. It's happened. I've got to make sure that, you know, you know, we move on from this. 
so maybe you know it's that's me trying to be you know make say the cup is half full um, but I think that's probably going to be the option for him. If, if uh, I'd rather see Hanlon in there, obviously for the experience, I think we need a bit of that. He's, you know, a goal-scoring uh, influence sometimes in derbies, as we've seen before. That key goal he scored in the the, the, the time oh. we called it back. Aye, all right, son. Did all we right, not? Did we not clarify that? That. that wasn't allowed to be mentioned. Come on, that was no. Not, you're not talking about him successes against Tars. That's that's part of the remit. That's why you're getting paid two hundred grand to come on if you promise not to talk about. <laughs> Uh, not to talk about any I signed success. a non-disclosure on that one. Right, if we're going to talk about that, we'll have to start talking about Hanlon's involvement in another game that happened 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we could sit here and go through all kinds of like, history <laughs> tennis here. Can we bat that ball over the, oh, the net? We, we, would, hey, we would have the Andy Murray victory over Kokonakis by dropping the, dropping the hammer with the 5-1 cup final. There's no comeback for you from that, pal. Uh, I think I, I was sitting in front of Judy Murray that day as well. Oh, both miserable. <laughs> nice, day, nice yeah. link. Right, w- w- we should probably do a prediction before we let Gavin go. What, what are you going for, Mark? We, what we like to do, Gavin, is we like to do a, a score line and pick a goal scorer. Um, so you can do a hips goal scorer, Mark. If you want to pick a score line and who who's going to get on the score sheet for Hearts? Honestly, I think this goes to extra time. Oh, I'm going to go. To, well, and then we'll win it in extra time. I, I couldn't. Do okay, honestly, what? Oh my god! I don't. I don't get paid overtime for for commentary. So I mean, I should probably. You're lucky you get paid. So I had to wait six months before Romanov signed <laughs> off on checks when I was there. So don't you start. You get paid a hell of a lot more than I did. Anyway, one-one uh, hearts to win in extra time, but the goal scorer. Oh, I'm going to stick with Janelli. Gav, what are you what are you going for? Oh, I'm, I'm agree- I'm in agreement. One one. I think uh, I could see Shanklin scoring from a penalty. You're going to get a penalty. I guarantee it. <laughs> We've only had eleven this season. Yeah, so you're guaranteed to get a penalty. It will be at the South Stand end, in front of your fans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Shanklin will score from the spot uh, after David Marshall saves it and VAR makes them retake it because he's apparently lifted his foot off the line. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm better that that happened at Petodri. Point, point. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't. I think Nisbet, on the form that he's in, he'll hit the back of the net for us. If anyone's going to score for Hibs, it's going to be Nisbet. So yeah, I'll, I'm afraid I'm putting all the green and white eggs in that basket. Uh, so 1 1. And I, I guess I would go to penalties now. Oh, no, thanks. Okay. Yeah. I, I would most think. definitely take it to penalties. I fancy David Marshall for the penalties after Before his, your pre- uh, performance Before- in Serbia. Before your prediction, Laurie, um, Don Robertson is the referee. He was in charge of Aberdeen, two hearts nil. He was in charge of Killy's win in the League Cup at Tynecastle. And he was in charge of Hibs, three nil against St Mirren. So have either him. of you got... He's great. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why? Laurie, any worries about Don Robertson? Um, I, they all just blend into one generally these days. Um, <laughs> nothing specific is is popping into okay. my mind from That's those fine. games what's your, that you've what's mentioned. Prediction? Um, prediction. I am going to go for game decided in ninety minutes, three one Hearts. Um, Nisbet and Shanklin are both going to score. Just to mean that that debate will rage on. Um, but it's I a healthy I, debate, though, Laurie. It's a really healthy. I think it's one thing that we should be really positive about is that the city has two two strikers like that yeah. that are, are dominating the game in Scotland. Gavin, yeah. positivity is not allowed in the world these days, apparently. It is indeed. indeed. <laughs> uh, so three three one. Um, I'm going to get Shanklin to get a goal from open play just to just to what? mix it up. And yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. he's gonna. I, I'd like to see him pushed forward a little bit more. I know it's, but it's worked very well that trio with him, Mackay, and and Ginelli. So yeah, three one. Um, and I'm I'm gonna keep doing this, Mark. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say Garan Kuhl is gonna come off the bench and score. I'm gonna keep trying this. He's got on the bench before he can get off the bench. I know I didn't even make the bench for illness, but he's he's gonna come off. It'll be hard to be two one up, and Hibbs will be pushing. I think I said a similar story with the Aberdeen game, and he's gonna come on and get in behind on the break and wrap it up in front of the in front of the south stand. Um, listen, thank question? you. Yes, you if, can. Uh, if Hibbs win, can I come back on this this uh, podcast no. next week? No, piss <laughs> okay. off. Absolutely Don't not. Come Don't on. You'd, you'd, by the way, there's a queue. Shanley's wanting on if Hibs win as well. Well, we'll both come no. on. No, none yeah. of you. We'll sing Sunshine and Leafs together. We'll, 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 we'll arrange it and Mark and I just won't turn up. Uh, <laughs> right, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's been good to chat. Um, I'd say enjoy the game on Sunday, but I'd be lying. <laughs> I hope you have an absolutely miserable time on Sunday yeah. afternoon. Any high bees listening, make some noise. Please make it special for these guys. You need to do your job. Very Hibs podcast for that. Yeah, why, why, why would they be listening? If if you yeah, if Hibs fans are listening, don't go away. <laughs> Laurie, Mark, thank you. Gavin, thank you so much. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. That was Gavin Pearson of uh, likes of Clyde and Forth, and obviously a hippie. Good to get a, an angle from the other side of things. Well, we'll maybe do it more. We'll see how people react to it, Mark. <laughs> what, who was the Dundee fan that we had on a couple of years ago? He was excellent as well. Just give us I mean, we're in this little maroon bubble and it's a nice bubble to be in right yeah, now. Yeah, I like it. I like being in a bubble. It's good. It's a good bubble. Um, but yeah, <laughs> at, at, at times there's, um, there's, there's viewpoints elsewhere that are, are just as pertinent. So yeah. Um, He's not as miserable about it as I was hoping. I was hoping he'd be no, really. He's one miserable. of the most positive ah, people I know. You could have told me that before. I might have tried to get someone who's a bit more pessimistic, just to make me feel better. <laughs> I hope he's pessimistic <laughs> and negative on on Sunday after Indeed. the game. I, I really do. So f- fingers crossed for Hearts. Um, let's just say if we play the way we've been playing, we should win. We should be fine. Yep. Let's hope it's Hearts in the draw for the next round after the game on Sunday. Whatever happens, we'll be back next week to dissect the match. Um, but yeah if you're going to the game enjoy it if you're watching on TV enjoy it come on the boys in Maroon and it's first blood to hearts in the derby Shanklin steps up Scores! It's 18 for the season for that man, Lawrence Shankland. 10 from 10 from the penalty spot. Offreason! 3 now! Oh, Hearts have wrapped it up! Three goals, three points, and more Derby misery for Hibernian!